Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm, WMR.fm. It is Thursday, the 27th of February, 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and uh, we got a super special guest today. Um, two super special guests, actually. Um, Dave and I have been doing this show live for 11 years. Like Every, every show that you hear is a podcast is recorded live to podcast, and we don't do a lot of editing. So it's kind of like radio without a t- without a safety net, and uh, I think I can speak for Dave here. It's 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 a complete honor to have to you know to be trusted by the by the marketing industry and then and, and to. Um, we've been doing this for a long time. We know our stuff, but sometimes you get guests who know a lot more than you do, <laughs> and those are the really intimidating shows. I mean, it's, if it wasn't scary enough doing it live. Today we have Bill Slosky and David Harry coming in as guests, and they're coming in to talk about the uh, well, a patent that uh, that 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 uh, Bill Slosky, of course, discovered, read, interpreted, and originally thought was about the Medic update back in uh, in summer of uh, 2019. But then, I guess over you know short period of time, quickly discovered that it was about so much more than that. Uh, again, Dave, I'm, I'm kind of speaking to you when I say when we have guests like these guys on, it's it, it's kind of intimidating. What do you what do you what Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? It, it, it's funny. A, a couple of the it's a, it's a funny story because of who one of our guests is today, and it, it takes me back as soon as you said intimidating, and I'm like, oh yes. And and one of our guests was actually involved with the single most intimidating speaking engagement I was ever part of. Oh, yeah. Um, and it goes back to, I don't know, it was like SES 2008 or something like that. And I, I had decided in my wisdom to do a to pitch and do a session on patents and how reading them can be helpful <laughs> for SEO. And I had a, a Google and a Yahoo lawyer on, on either side of me. And then who walks in, Bill Slosky, and sits right in front. <laughs> it's like, Oh man! But then You're I, totally I cool with the lawyers on the side. Like, oh, the lawyers can't say anything, and Bill's a really nice guy. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was intimidating. I'm like, oh wow, the the person who is most qualified to call BS on anything I say now is sat right in front of me. But uh, but thank him for being uh, for being kind and and. Uh, and generous uh, guest at that one. Anyway, so yes, now I get to be intimidated again, uh, but this time we're talking about his work, not mine. So that uh, that just makes this a lot more fun, and I'm looking forward to to a, a really really interesting take on it. Bill writes How it all really works. really good stuff, but this is a super interesting patent. Um, his take is great, and then I've read it, so I know it. But then we got Dave Harry coming on as well, and and like he's super smart as well. So it's, uh, I'm looking forward to, to sort of hearing what uh, what he has to say on on the same patent. It, this is an exciting show. Okay, watch your P's and Q's, enunciate properly, stay in our lanes. We'll be fine. <laughs> okay, a couple news stories first uh, that I want then we want to get to uh, to, to Bill and Dave because there's like so much to cover. Uh, 
cool thing I saw this morning, Google Search Console is going to finally allow us to see like full data sets and download full data sets. So, you know, the frustration, like, like, like you, you find out that there's like 17,000 or so links associated with a website, but you want to see a thousand in the Google Search Console. Yeah. Now you can see them all. Or, you know, X number of pages, X number of uh, whatever you want to look at. Google always capped it. Now it's going to give you full data sets. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, and I'm wondering if their APIs will allow connections to that data and stuff like that. I haven't had, like you, I saw it this morning. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to, to really get in there and, and, and dig in. But I'm like, oh, I bet a bunch of the other tool manufacturers um, could sort of piggyback off, off some of that data, right? Like pull those links in, like a picture like Majestic or Ahrefs being able to go, oh, okay, let's grab the ones we missed. Well, indeed. I mean, one of, one, of the, one of the ways that some of the traditional tool makers have gotten around um, Google truncating the information it gave out was they just made their own indexes of the entire web. Yeah. I remember back in, what was it, 2005, 2006, when, uh, when Moz decided it was going to become a tool maker rather than an, than an SEO company. And so the first thing they did was spider the web. Um, Similarly, that's what that's what I'm adjusting it. They have they have as robust a copy of the web as virtually anybody else out there. Google being um, perhaps not Google, Yahoo, um, Open Directory, <laughs> you know. Yep. Um, so anyway, SEOs rejoice! You finally get to see more of the goods, bigger and better, and probably more accurate data sets. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to buy it, and uh, I think every SEO is like, oh, that's great. And as we say, a bunch of tool manufacturers would be great if they could, like, supplement that. Um, you know, you picture Majestic. It's like, oh, I might just give them new seed points to start from. Like, if they haven't seen this stuff, start there <laughs> you can, and start going out. Anyway, it's going to be uh, really interesting, and I think kind of about time. But we've all okay. kind of gotten used to not using that data, so it be interesting. Well, reports will be better for people yeah. who don't use uh, other other tool packages. And, and as you as you pointed out earlier, the other tool makers are certainly going to be jumping and taking advantage of this. So yeah. their tools are going to get better. Mm -hmm. Wins for everyone. Yeah. Um, do you do image searches very often? Do you is that uh, something you think of often, or think of when you think of search? You know, I I think I know where you're going. I do a lot of image searches, but normally it's to be a and I think this one won't need to be bleeped. Normally, it's just to be a smart ass. And uh, when I'm like looking for for a GIF, and, and usually it's to fire it like your friend of mine, Jeremy Knopf. So. <laughs> but I know where you're going, and this is exciting. And I'll bet I'm going to use a lot image search a lot more. So what are what are you alluding to? Well, earlier, um, Danny Sullivan, uh, aka at SearchGazer, uh, tweets out. Um, Google Google Images is about to start showing icons on on desktop searches, uh, providing information. Um, basically, that it'll have like a little um, almost like a branding icon in the lower left hand corner that tells you if you're going to a video, if, uh, going to a uh, site that has say products for sale, um, it's the e-com site, uh, recipes. Create it looks like creative use of schema. Um, I don't know how I don't know how how any of this information is input. If Google's if Google is tagging it themselves, or if the creators are tag will be tagging uh, taking the videos um, or images, but uh, 
Yeah, um, Google's going to be telling you where any given image will take you using a little uh, symbol in the lower left-hand corner. I love it. Um, and, and here's why I love this. And I totally get why Google does it, because if they can get us onto image search more, there's another place where advertisers aren't as robust. <laughs> right? And, and if they can get us over there, that's a lot better. And I think of so many searches that I do every day. I mean, recipes is a great one. It's like front and center, right? Um, you know, products looking for filtering through anything, especially if you were looking for clothes or, you know, a necklace or jewelry, something where a visual would really, really help you. Okay. Yeah. Now I don't have to keep clicking through site link, site link, site link, and trying to hope that the thing described in a title and description is the thing that I'm hoping to see. Right. And I, I, I actually can't say, but I just had to run a query yesterday that would match this, but it's for an anniversary gift and just on the off chance that Mary listens to this show or is overhearing, I can't say what I was searching for, but it matched exactly what this was. I was frustrated as I was going through and I'm like, I know I actually, if I could lay my eyes on the results, I would know and then be able to just buy this a lot faster. But I had to go click, 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 click all the way through. Shopping results weren't great, right? Like all, all of that sort of thing. So I think this is great for recipes. You know, you want to just you know, show me, right? Like it, it's a visual thing, right? Like show me, and I'll know if I, I'll know it when I, when I see it. Um, if that's, if that's what I want. So love it. And I think from from Google's perspective, great, great, great move. Because if it goes as I think my use will shift, um, it's going to open up some advertising that well. And as somebody who does paid search stuff, you know, that, that excites me as well as it, it'll sort of pump up an area that, uh, that I think advertising is, is not as aggressive in. Okay. Okay. We've got time for one more quick story. Uh, I want to, I want to take us to break at quarter after the hour. Um, mm -hmm. And then we'll have tons of time for, uh, for Bill and David. So Love it. I don't, this is, this, this is one of those stories where I'm not quite sure why this would come up in conversation, why somebody would wonder, but John Mueller from Google wants you to know for sure that just because your website was penalized for something, like say you get say you get like a uh, uh, a manual or a, an auto penalty from Google, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you solve the problem, mm -hmm. the penalty gets removed, right? Mm-hmm. This is the part where, where, where I'm not sure why we have to say this, but uh, but John Mueller wants you to know that once that penalty is removed, you're not immune. You might get penalized again if you go and do the same stupid thing. Yeah. Why do I re why do we report this? Stuff? Yeah, I don't know. I, that was like my favorite one to hear. I'm like, really? Because like affiliate marketing, Dave of like the like mid 2000s, early 2000s would have just loved if that wasn't the case. Like, oh, all yeah. right, <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to get this thing penalized really fast. Then I'm going to let it age and let the penalty lift it, and then I'm just bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, we call that the SEO chicken pox party. I mean, like, yes. no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it would have been, well, I would say a lot of fun, except that I also like searching for stuff and finding it, and that would have been, a, like, it's still, it would be a total train wreck if you could do that. But, yeah, I, I found it was one of those ones when we hit them often where it's just like, Really, there was a question that led to that answer, eh? Yep. <laughs> who, who was asking that question? Uh, I'm well, not going to like throw him under the bus right <laughs> I now. I can tell you who was, but I don't want to. I don't want to name shame the guy on the radio. But mm -hmm. um, I, I got his uh, Twitter handle right here. <laughs> and you know what? And, and you also have to wonder, and it's happened before, where I've been like, 
Right. When I, I've got to think of context, and it might be a little bit out where the answer is funnier than, you know, the, the full context. I know this wasn't, but something may have been going on in the person's brain that I didn't know. Right. So I, I think it's fair. Like, I'm not going to, yeah, like you, I don't want to throw the person under the bus on this one, but um, yeah, it, um, it is. Or you might be a newbie asking what seems like a stupid question to people who've been doing this for 20 years. Right. But it's like, or I, you know, I probably yeah. asked a lot of stupid questions. You know what? You know what? I honestly, goodness, I honestly think it's probably more legitimately the reason this guy's asking is because he's got his his boss telling him to ask. Right. <laughs> you know, you, you're dumb enough to say to your hey, uh, younger SEOs out there, you're dumb enough to say to your boss, "I got a relationship with John Mueller." <laughs> I got to tell you, you're in for a rage, rage of hell if you do something like that. You do not have a personal <laughs> And even if you do, don't tell nobody. No. Um, and you know what? I mean, it's it's sort of a good segue, but I'll I'll sort of like take it, but you all you, you tend to take us out. But um, speaking of questions that can make you feel stupid, I have a feeling that with the couple people that we have coming up right after the break, which we're taking, I'm gathering right now. Okay, um, exactly. Some of them could could make me feel pretty stupid um, to to not know, right? Like, I mean, these are people with a with a knowledge base on patents. Like, I like to read patents, but not with the veracity <laughs> that these two do. And to take it a step further, these actually are two people who do have personal relationships with Google, <laughs> but don't tell their bosses. <laughs> okay, friends, uh, we're going to be taking a break here on Webcology on Webmaster Radio or WMR.FM. You are listening to Webcology on Webmaster Radio. It is the 27th of February, 2020. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media. We're coming back with Bill Slosky and David Harry after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. 
visit intendedpodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences, marketing on purpose. Are you a PPC professional? Would you like a mountain of resources that will help you fine-tune your skills? Join the Paid Search Association, the only nonprofit organization dedicated to serving managers of Google, Microsoft, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter advertising accounts. Check it out at www.paidsearch.org. That's www.paidsearch.org. Webmasterradio.fm. Welcome to the place your competitors get their edge. Jump on it. We're here for you 24-7. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. Jim Hedrick from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Clean Stock Internet Marketing. And uh, some mornings you wake up and you look at your news feed and you basically see a headline that is like SEO crack. Here's a headline that is like SEO crack. Google Patent may explain how sites are ranked. Um, like Danny Goodwin at SEJ, 10 out of 10 for that headline, dude, because you just got everybody's attention. Um, so the other day I'm reading Search Engine Journal and I see this headline that says, Google Patent may explain how sites are ranked. And I knew we'd be having this conversation immediately. Bill Slosky, David Harry, welcome to Webcology. What the heck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. I think it's called link bait. No, <laughs> um, you know what? It's it's title bait, you know, like title bait, maybe a bit. You know, let me, let me, let me, let me try to introduce this. Then I'll bring you guys back in. Okay. Um. So, uh, back, I think it was probably in June or July. Uh, Bill Sosky writes about a, a a Google patent that's um supposed to cover the quote unquote the meta update. Um, this, this was uh, uh, about June of 2019, Bill, more or less? No, the, the post I wrote wasn't all that long ago. Medic, I thought that was in the summertime. No, I just wrote this post. Okay, so you're writing about a patent, about Medic, and as you're writing it, you notice that the scope of the patent is, uh, well, looks like it's bigger than just medical sites. Um, and uh, I guess something triggered in you, and you figure this is why sites are ranking, or more importantly, not ranking. Is, is, is that correct? There was a quote from Patton that stood out to me. And let me see if I can find that real quick. I'm going to, because it's worth repeating. Yeah, I think the one in question was like a week ago, wasn't it, Bill? Yeah. Yeah, it's less than yeah, something like that. The the site the okay, so this patent, well, it's a patent application, so it hasn't been granted yet. Okay. And it was also originally filed in uh, the European Patent Office, so not the USPTO. Okay. Uh, so I'm not sure if that makes much of a difference. Uh, it's not unusual for Google to sometimes file 
in the European Patent Office. And the last couple that I've seen have been really interesting. The other thing that makes this sort of unique is that it focuses upon using a machine learning approach. And I've, I've heard some complaints from people that if Google's using machine learning approach, it needs to be an experimental process and not actually using it. Of course, that ignores the fact that Google uses some machine learning approaches in some very physical places in actual production, like Smart Reply in Gmail or Google Translate or Chrome reading, uh, uh, applying natural language descriptions to images. Or a, lot of the, a lot of the Google Assistant stuff as well, all that kind yeah. of thing. So, so conversational we, search, actually, even that. Right. Well, so, indeed, I, I, I think it was just the assumption that Google was applying um, AI to all, all sorts of facets of search. Yeah, and and these are things that are actually really happening today. They're they're part of what Google is showing us. So, if it says neural networks or stuff like that, it's not run away. Say no, that patent has nothing to do with reality. <laughs> no, it's the new. This is the new reality, is it not? It's uh, it's it's our artificial unintelligence in action. And the Google Brain project's been going for ages. Well, indeed. I mean, how can I? I'm, I almost want to take a tangent and ask: How can people even think that Google isn't incorporating this this knowledge augmentation into they, the incredibly vast scope of stuff they deal with? It's because they make assumptions that uh, assume things that they shouldn't necessarily assume. Okay. Anyway, let's 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 go forward. Okay. So what was interesting about this was, uh, as I was reading it, it said we're going to classify websites uh, using neural networks to identify features in those sites. So it's machine learning. It's identifying the features to learn about sites and how they're uh, unique and different from other sites or similar to other sites. What do you mean by the word feature? What, what would that describe? Uh, some type of a signal on the site. Uh, it could be text-based. It could text, be text images. It yeah. could be link-based. Okay, so some element of the site that um, matches with others. Like I know we're going to get into clusters and um, into groupings and, and uh, cataloging. Well, vectors come into it a lot too, and the one that Bill wrote about, the one we're talking about, is again. So, like vectors start to get into how is something similar. I think that's really what they mean by similar. It's more of a vector relationship, right? So, so this patent said we're we're going to be able to identify expert sites. They said one of the industries we can do this in is health. Another is artificial intelligence, and sometimes some sites might be more than one category. But we'll try to identify uh, within a uh, knowledge domain such as health, we'll try to identify sites that are expert sites created by doctors or apprentice sites created by medical students or lay people sites, which remind me of, of the uh, uh, quality raters guide when it talks about expertise and it says that sometimes we'll try to look for sites that uh, or maybe done by lay people, like uh, what's it like to live with disease X? You don't okay, need, yeah, person, you don't need a health site, degree. but the person's not a doctor, but they are right. a living expert. Right. Okay. 
So you've got different ranges of expertise. And, and Google may categorize websites, and they're not categorizing the results of websites, they're categorizing the whole website based upon these things. Now, you, you bring up an interesting, I mean, you bring up the quality raters guidelines, which, you know, EAT is always fun to talk about. Um, and I, I, you got me thinking while I was reading, I haven't read the patent, but I've read, you know, your, your document on it over on GoFish Digital. So I had to, to wonder while I, was, while I was reading it, and we sort of alluded to it just a few minutes ago, if this might be a, a scenario where we have our, our quality raters sort of coming in and going, okay, these, these do have, you know, the, the signals for, for expertise, authority, and trust. Right? Okay. Like this, this fulfills this and then send the crawlers through after to look for those signals as we were talking about earlier and go, oh, okay, we're going to go in and figure out which features on those pages are, are consistent across, you know, this, this sort of domain, right? The health domain or, or whatnot. Is that, is that possible? Is that where well, as, the neural as, networks would come in? As we heard from Gary Eels, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> I do that all the time. I just go with method. I just use method or Gary. Or, uh... Right. So so he, he stated in the keynote at PubCon this past year, uh, we have baby algorithms that provide combined together provide the type of signals that we're looking for that involve things like eat so this patent may not cover all of eat but it covers aspects of it yeah gary's also mentioned many times the authority aspect is, is largely link related i think what you were looking at gets more into the expertise classifications it seems you know the, the patent mentions authority. Authority and expertise tend to go together so strongly. Because if someone is an expert in something and they're putting that content that shows off that expertise, they can be perceived as an authority. Right. Right. But to go back, we, we hit that, that lay person that, that we were talking about earlier who would be trustable and authoritative, but they're not an expert, right? They may not be an expert in disease X, but, but they would certainly be authoritative in answering the question, what it's like to live with this. Right. Um, it, it gets interesting. And, and, and you actually talked about that in your write-up and I'm like, oh, it's kind of like meatloaf, like two out of three ain't bad. Right? <laughs> we can, you know, yeah. an authority could be, you know, in the layperson example, it could be non-link citations as well as, you know, a link citation, right? Right. There's a lot of confusion in the industry about um, expertise, authority, and, and trustworthiness. Um, in this good. patent that, that you've been looking at. That's a at. very good thing. That's why I'm mad at Bill, because now we got all these spammers going to be trying to figure out what <laughs> Bill wrote, and they're going to be out there, you know, churning this, creating personas for their clients' websites. Well, well that ain't Bill's fault. That ain't yeah, necessarily it's Bill's fault. Bill's fault. You know, and this I, isn't I'm the just first say reasonable surfer, yeah, so. But if you could weaponize those guys, this imagine the power you'd have. Yeah. This isn't the first patent that covers those topics. There are, there have been many patents that talk about authoritativeness and authority mm -hmm. and expertise. You know, going back to the old uh, agent rank patent from 2007, uh, but some of the authority type things that, that uh, Google has said, we have some sites that are written by people who are authorities. And I don't know, we, we sort of saw 
authorship in the days of Google Plus, which uh, rest in peace. <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to ask in, in, in thinking about, um, but say that we'll, we'll use authority as, uh, as an example. As you said, uh, Bill, uh, Google's been working its way around authoritativeness since 2007. When they write or come up with a new method of scoring or ranking documents, can those methods change the definition or how Google approaches the word authoritativeness, authority? So this feature-based approach to identifying and classifying websites is a machine-learned approach. It's like when Google had AIs watching YouTube videos, and at some point they identified that a cat was a unique animal. It wasn't a dog. It was a something meowed and uh, got its way around the household. It, it had unique characteristics, and, and the AI at one point said, uh, I, think it's I, know, I know what cats are. It's a giddy cat now, isn't it? It's a giddy cat. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So what does this mean? Like, it's, it's, it's a fascinating, but I'll, I'll, I would not do it justice in, in describing what this means for us. Like, a, myself, a lot of our listeners, you know, you guys, a, we're all, at the end of the day, trying to help our help our clients what does this tell us as far as what we should or should not be doing okay so another aspect of this patent there are multiple aspects of mo most patents there are multiple parts and processes and so on and we said that knowledge uh, websites are being classified in knowledge domains well the patent describes uh, classifying queries in knowledge main domains using query logs and uh, click information and selection information uh, to identify what a query might mean, which domain it falls into. Uh, so the idea behind the patent is uh, if you search for a query, Google may decide to show you uh, websites uh, in re response to that query within the same knowledge domain as the query. So they're simplifying uh, their searches. You, okay, you perform, so this... you, you perform a search for living with diabetes, and Google is saying, okay, we want a layperson health site. We want something where people who have diabetes, not necessarily doctors, we're talking and about so, whereas a medical diabetes. professional, a medical professional would use a query that would be more technical in nature, so that gets classified differently. Okay, right. so these are sort of like topical buckets that are separated by the way people use language and the way Google interprets the use of that language. Would that be correct? And and the way that content is presented on web pages in unique okay. ways that, that help identify based upon the uh, language images and, and links on those websites uh what knowledge domain they're within right which is, which is interesting it's something and i i was going through a whole bunch of query classification patents earlier a couple of weeks ago myself and it's kind of something that that we don't 
see a lot. Like most SEOs still go back to the day of informational, navigational, and transactional queries, where it's so much different now. You know, I mean, they get into entities, and they get into vectors and, and different aspects like that, just in the query. And I think, you know, and, and I think a lot of SEOs these days call it user intent or whatever, but it, it's just so much deeper now. And, and I think this, what Bill was looking at, goes further into that sort of area by classifying the domains into the knowledge sets, but also looking at the queries that are used to find that information. Right. Okay. So when we're talking about these topical groupings, topical, uh, for one of the better word, buckets, um, it's, it, it's really possible for a website to, or even, even an individual document or, or entity to be in more than one bucket, right? Right. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that was really clear that people how, could see. How would, I guess, I, I'm, I'm trying to visualize. There's there's a few directions I want to go because there's like you've you've covered some interesting stuff about like on the ground, you know how basically them preconditioning their their queries and 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 results set saves saves the search engine. Like I, I do want to talk about that, but talking about how they how they split them into different groupings as as we were just talking about. Right. It's it's not something that happens in real time. It's something that happens beforehand. Sort of like. Are you familiar with federated machine learning at Google? I'm going to go with a no, and I'm going to guarantee that probably 99, might be 100% of our listening audience probably isn't as well. So let's so, go down that path. So the Google blog has written about them using, Google using federated machine learning in pixel, pixel phones. So at the end of the day, uh, if you're using a Pixel phone, your phone will upload to Google, to the home ship, information about searches you performed. Uh, and they'll, they'll combine that with other information from other users of Pixel phones uh, to, to parse through the information, the data, to understand better what's going on. And then they'll send you a download the next day based on that federated machine learning. And it's it's like everybody who uses a Pixel phone is getting this download and this uploaded daily. What What's in the download? What, what's Google giving you? It, it could be things like, like uh, classification of queries. It's what are you saying? Is it's in the phone? It's not like they're sending you an email. No, no, no. But what he, what I, what I think he's saying is Google's sending me pre, pre, um, it's almost like precog search. Is that what you're? Well, yeah. At? Okay. Like last year, w there was at least six to eight different interesting patents on predictive search, and that's the kind of stuff that we hadn't seen in the past. You know, what I mean, as far as you know, not only classifications, but predictive search is, is kind of what they're using with this machine learning to get a sense of, okay, where is it going to be? Where are you going to go? Okay, so I've been hammering on search terms around Indian motorcycles for the last couple of weeks, and so Google is uh, pretty sure that today I'm going to be searching for stuff on Indian motorcycles, so it's, it's preloading my, my phone. Yeah? It could be. Okay, interesting. Or, or, you know what I mean, there's ones from many years ago that it would track let's say you're going to different locations around Christmas. So it's going to make an assumption that this Christmas you're going to this location, if it's Georgia or somewhere, or if every day your phone travels between, you know, eight in the morning and nine in the morning, goes from this 
hundred kilometers from here to there, make that assumption that you're going to work or something. You know what I mean? It, it's using a predictive element, geolocated timing wise. And then like Bill's talking about search history and, and search sessions that you're doing to start to build a predictive picture of what you're going to do next. If you, yeah, have, okay. if you have certain elements of how you search that are unique to you, like you have an accent, mm-hmm. and Google may understand your accent. They may uh, personalize some of your results based upon your accent. Or kitty cats. <laughs> or kitty cats. Okay. Well, the cool thing about the you, you, second time you mentioned kitty cats, and the cool thing about that is that's a that's a, a description of an illustration Google used in this patent. Yeah, it was something I I, I started I started putting out uh, a weekly thing on search engines. So that was yours. Any, okay. Injury. Any interesting patents I find, I stick them over on Search Engine Journal every week. And it was one about Google Assistant, and it was using the vocabulary of the person that's using Google Assistant to better understand, like, their age range and so on. Yeah, so, so the guinea cat is a toddler. Right. So it was the kind of how to send a response from assistant from someone with one more formalized vocabulary versus, like, if it was a child asking. They so made they- this for, for the president, right? <laughs> everybody's like i'm not touching that <laughs> uh, <laughs> um i mean that's, that's phenomenal like i'm not that's one of the things when i when i, when I read the article in uh search engine journal and i saw that that image i was like oh my that's phenomenal um google is trying to anticipate um its individual users and then yeah like, now that we have language search um it has to determine who you are, where you are, and predetermine what you want. Um, well, especially you think smart homes and stuff like that that we're moving towards, right? So it's more than just search at this point. That that voice, understanding of the voice search and things of that nature becomes the conversational, which is going to be the future for Google. Smart homes, it's beyond just searching for something on Google itself. It's trying to decide which mode to talk to you in. Yeah. Should it talk to you like you're a five-year-old? Maybe. Usually. They just saw that I was at a pub and now I'm leaving. So yeah, probably drop that, drop that language level down, <laughs> you know. Um, what, do we, what do we think on aggregate? Like we're, we're I mean, you, you got me fascinated and this isn't on the, on the specific topic and, and I have my, my thought processes on this, of course. But okay, so, so I have my Pixel phone. Well, I don't have a Samsung, but let's pretend I do. And it's uploaded all this data. And then before it's given me this, I mean, I, I know it, it's a pixel phone. Like it knows everywhere I've been, everything I've done, all the queries that I've run. It knows my habits. It knows a lot about my demographics. Yeah. What do you suppose they're doing with this on aggregate up at the top to, to create a predictive model based on, you know, sort of persona that it could create? It's taking the elements that are unique to me and sharing them. Uh, Combining them with elements that may be unique to people similar to me. So it's right. got a better sense of what, what's going on. It's it's like Google has patents for robots on giving them knowledge bases on how tightly they should grasp things like bottles. And, and so think of it this way too, Dave, that that as it's the machine learning neural networks start to get better at it by understanding, you know, one of the, if someone has to reformat that query, like the one with the little kid and the pictures and that, one of the things they mentioned is it's saving resources 
because of the size of Google, if you got to reform, mm -hmm. you have to send a second answer because you didn't understand the first question, right? So now they re-query or say, okay, Google, and they have to re-query it. Well, now you're processing it again. You times that times millions upon millions of phones, that has a real world cost, right? So it's not just satisfying the user. There's an actual, in that patent, that talks about a real world cost on processing power. Okay, I, I got to go down. Well, okay, I know we, we probably have to go to break here soon, but we're, let, let us, let's open that Pandora's box and, and this will probably cascade over. How big a problem, I mean, you know, I don't think that they're calling us up going, you know, hey, Bill and Dave, you know, we're, we're at like 98% we're at critical mass right now, but how big a, a problem is this? And I've seen this in multiple patents where they're, they're creating databases and they're creating results set for common queries. So like this is a recurring theme. How big a problem would it be if they didn't have these these sort of systems in 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 place? It's a part we often don't think about, but well, I don't even think it's possible without neural networks and machine learning. I, yeah, I, I'm not sure I, we'd I, even have the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but I, yeah, but that is an interesting direction um, to expand their capacity, expand the capability. The capability. Imagine the the amount of data that Google is dealing with today compared to just three years ago. What does that mean in infrastructure, in growing, in in you know perhaps buying a hydro a decommissioned hydro dam just because he needs more electricity? Um, Bill, um, when looking at Google and its growth, can you make any predictions based on them buying real estate? Based on them buying real estate? Well, yeah. I mean, think about all the all the extra data processing that's necessary that has to be housed somewhere. It requires electricity, like like David was talking about all the resources that Google's trying to save, um, I'm wondering if uh, there's a way to look at Google, look at their purchases in real estate, look at patents, and suss out the future. Bill, wasn't there one a while back, a couple, like three, four years ago, about like offshore locations that were like on the ocean or something? Like that? There you go. Yeah, floating, floating. Uh, yeah, floating data centers or whatever. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, uh, we on, on 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 our speculative fiction uh, section of the show. We've got to take a quick break. Um, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Media. We have David Harry and Bill Slosky in the studio. You're listening to uh, Webcology on Webmaster Radio on the WMR.FM podcast network. Stick around. Coming back after these messages. Don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. WebmasterRadio.fm is now part of the WMR.fm podcast network. Evolving every day to meet today's demands. We are pioneers of podcasting, staying at the forefront of digital marketing, business, and entrepreneurship. WMR.fm enters the 2020s leading the way, expanding our spectrum of shows set to educate, entertain, and engage. We are the WMR.fm Podcast Network. Just getting your feet wet on the internet? Then dive into our stream. WebmasterRadio.fm We're the coolest place around. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedrick from Digital Always Media, Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and we're joined by Bill Slosky and David Harry. Um, gentlemen, we are down to uh, 10, 15 minutes or so um, uh, for the show, so we have to move really quickly. Uh, SEOs are extremely, like, insanely concerned about uh, the, the Website ranking, their clients getting caught in uh, in downturns. Um, from the patents that you were reading, Bill, from from yeah. you know getting a, a better sense of uh, topical clustering and the, the need to match uh, uh, topic and and query. If if, if 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 you've been hit by a downturn, uh, by by loss of ranks or something, is there anything from this that you can take away to you know help help recovery? There were a couple points. Okay, so so one of them, the stated purposes behind the patent is to reduce computational expense by matching up a query that fits a certain knowledge domain with the website that fits a knowledge domain. But they talk about thresholds that these sites have to meet, or or so based upon things like quality score. Mm-hmm. So if your website doesn't meet a specific threshold involving quality scores. Based upon things like page speed, or it has massive amounts of uh, redirect chains. You know, it, it just <laughs> isn't high quality. So, if you if you have a site that's been hit with with one of these core update type things, you want to check your quality score. You want to make sure your technical SEO is all right. You want to uh, decrease that page speed and. Those quality issues are things that do make a difference. You know, it's it's not just making sure your uh, website matches up with the best queries. If you've got a, a expert level medical website, you're you're going to be uh, handling queries like uh, treatment of uh, angina, right? 
you 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 have pure medical expertise type things. You need to make sure you uh, have the author bios that show your authors are experts. But you need to meet that threshold with the quality score first. Okay, so um, think, think, think of it, as Bill. Uh, sorry, Dave. Think it, think of it as uh, the old uh, bear comes out of the woods. I don't have to run the bear. I just got to run you. <laughs> so, so again, you know, the technical side of your site is is if you're you know authority if you're authoritatively matching up to someone else, but your site says slow pig and the other guy's equal to you, then well, tie goes to the faster site. Right. Okay, and so, you know what? I think that actually, I I, I love that principle. I, I've used. I, I'm actually going to probably rip off that analogy um, to, to, to use it in that context. But yeah, like it, it, to rank in most sectors, I don't need more links than Wikipedia. I just need, you know, more links than my competitors have. <laughs> like, and then, then we can all be good. So love that analogy. Um, something I found really, really interesting in, in the patent, and I'm, I'm sort of circling back real quick. I want to make sure to chat about it. And I was going through my tabs. I'm like, oh yeah, this one too. Um, <laughs> Bill, you, you linked through, and, and this I found really interesting, to a Google blog post by a, today we're just going to destroy people's last names, uh, by Amit Singhal right. uh, from, from, from Google over there. Um, I mean, the, the, what I found interesting ab about it was it, it, it was written by Amit Singhal as a Google fellow. The, the, the link to his, is to a Google Plus profile. Like, this thing's from like 2011. And it is on guidance on building high quality sites. It is are the principles that static? Like has has actually the rules not changed that much? I mean, you know, the, the technology around it. We weren't talking JavaScript and stuff at the time, but you know, are, are the rules really that static? Are, are are just the algorithms finally catching up to the thing that they were telling us in in 2011 and and before that Jill Whalen was talking about back in you know the the early to mid 2000s? Um, you know, are, are are just their algorithms catching up and and the core rules have have more or less stayed the same? When Panda came out and Google people were talking about low quality websites, mm -hmm. I searched for low quality websites and I started noticing. They had, they had a number of blog posts about high-quality websites. So I was approaching it the wrong way. So I wanted to get a sense of what, and I found four or five uh, Google blog posts that were about high-quality websites, including that one from Amit Singhal. And reading through that, it, it just makes so much sense. Is your content trusted? That, where is that? Where has that led to that question? Yeah, and that's a that's a good one. And it, it's funny you you bring that up, and I'm like, oh, and that makes perfect sense from a googly sort of way too. Because if you list what I shouldn't do, then I'm going to come back and go, you know, I I did all like I I did all the things you 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 said to do. I I didn't do anything you didn't, and you know, you you still haven't rewarded me. And you know, John, you would sit there and look at it and go, yeah, but your site site still sucks. <laughs> so. Um, it does make sense to go that way um, and, and sort of a you you went probably the path I did at the time too and like oh they're talking about low quality what is low quality yeah. like no actually it's reversing the question and, and well, you know you, you can look at a couple too. ways again like we keep circling back to what is good for Google financially processing wise 
right? So you got to think, okay, what are they looking for? But then you also got, you know, the old stuff about implicit user feedback and as far as like, you know, bounce rates and stuff like that. And I think another one that came out this week that I was looking at was also more based upon um, analyzing the, how the users and how they're interacting with the results. So I, I think, you know, to a degree, they're always kind of looking at that kind of data as they refine each each of the algorithms. So we, we tweak something, we look at the data, we tweak it again. So I don't think it's static. I think it's always alive. But, I, you know, a lot of the fundamentals are, you know, going to be there. Another of those questions was how comfortable would you feel in filling out a form on a website and putting your user information on it? Which which is also UX signal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got those yeah. flashing gifts from 1998. Is someone comfortable putting their you know credit card information in there? You know. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's, it's it's interesting, and in the context of this patent too, that will change sector by sector, domain by domain, and I don't mean domain like site domain. I mean domain. And, domain. and those could be features that uh, a neural network might pick up. Yeah. And again, I, like I know I work in, on industrial sites and the, the bar down there is like technologically and doesn't look shiny and is, is, is far lower. <laughs> like, um, you know, and, and, and that's fine because actually they're serving their audience. Their audience doesn't want to learn a new interface. They just want to go there and order a thing. <laughs> like, that's it. So it, it makes sense for, for them. But uh yeah, it, it, I, I think it, it is that we need to remember, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but to treat each site, each niche, each domain as, as a unique thing because their audience is, is different. And Google's reactions to each one, knowing that they treat, it's not a global rule. It, it, it actually, and I think that's one of the things I took away and feel free to go, Dave, you're full of BS and you took the wrong thing away. Um, and I, thank you for not doing it while I was on stage uh, at SES many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is the idea that each thing can be compartmentalized. And that was one of the things that I really liked about this one was, right, health is different than AI is different than, right? And we have different rules and different seed sets and we're, we're treating each of these things. So, so there's certain, certain things you'd expect to see in a real estate site that right. you're not going to see in a health site. Right. So that captures the concept of what these features might be. What things would you expect to see in a real estate site? You know, you could, you could, a good one is going to have certain things. Yeah. And unfortunately, most of them that we, that, that most of us see are going to have that list of every city in America. <laughs> Same list. <laughs> um, hey guys, we are, we are really quickly running towards the end of the clock. Um, and, uh, both uh, Bill and, and and David, I know the audience, um, well, our audience doesn't want to just have to wait for you guys to come on the call yet once in a while. Um, David, you are producing tons and tons and tons of uh, visual and, 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 and audio media. Bill, I know that you're part of a number of the uh, the vidcasts that, that David's producing. Um, if people, when can people come across you guys if they, if they want to like ask you questions directly or, or just see content that you're producing? I I uh, added something to my Twitter profile saying I answer questions. So if you're you, a brave if, man, if, <laughs> if, you, if you tag your question with Ask SEO, I'll try okay. to 
Sometimes I answer questions that uh, people like John Mueller should be answering. And I, I did one of those today, and, and fortunately, John favorited it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about you, David? Where can uh, where can people find uh, find information from you or post questions to you? If they, if they uh, like Facebook, that. Twitter, oh, usual. Well, it's not like uh, everyone seems to not find me these days. But, I, you know, it can't be understated. Even folks like you and Dave um, – how much of our own time we give to this industry that we're not just, you know, out servicing clients every day that, you know, every day on Facebook, if it's in groups I'm in, if it's private messages, I'm constantly trying to help and other people on my own dime and what have you, you know? So yeah, usual locations, I guess, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, it never ends. Well, with you, with you in particular, I was actually getting at the, uh, the videos that you've been producing. Um, they're, well, not, they're coming out every couple of days now, aren't they? Yeah, well, because we do our Friday chat, Bill and me and some other people, and, and a lot, of, because they're an hour to an hour and a half long, and we can go from local to, you know, this pat we talked about, I'm just kind of trying to cut out bite-sized pieces for people, you know, in the five to ten minute range on specific topics that come out of those sessions, so it's just uh, more uh, consumable, I guess, so I just started doing that to at least get it easier for folks. Um. And uh, next Thursday, uh, so I guess we're overlapping you boys. Well, no, I guess we're finishing about when you guys come on. Oh, go uh, for it. Perfect. <laughs> uh, uh, me me, and Bill and Alan Blayweiss and Doc Sheldon, I believe, are doing a session on audits and the, the role of an audit and the concepts around it before you get started. So that's uh, going to be next week, so that should be fun. Uh, you know what, folks? Before you tune into Webcology next week, honest to goodness, figure out where that's going to be at and watch it. Yeah, SEO Dojo on YouTube. It'll be live. Um, be and if you guys could do us the, uh, please do us the favor of getting it off before too, because we would like to have an audience <laughs> next week. Yeah, no, yeah, that's it. No, we'll, we'll definitely we'll, we'll just pimp you guys out at the end and say, well, now we're done this. Head over to Webcology. <laughs> Rock. Bill Slosky, uh, yes. and, and 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 David Harry, gentlemen. Thank you so much for for, be, for spending some time with us today, talking about this patent, reading those patents, interpreting all that stuff, and all the stuff y'all do in the industry. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's our pleasure. We can't seem to stop. Bill and I keep talking about <laughs> this in private messages. But I guess, you know, I think it again, build, build, you know, I, I mentioned a while back that the neural network stuff is, you know, I know a lot of people who have to read these patents three or four times. So once the neural network stuff, Bill and I have been collecting uh, different videos and Bill was sending me some podcasts and there is just so much. I think we both kind of agreed that neural networks, if anyone's likes the IR side of search is definitely somewhere to start looking into. It's something we've been doing more of. I've been, I've been listening to a lot of books on audio audible. About yeah. Artificial yeah. intelligence. Because it, it seems like a direction that Google's headed in strongly. Um, it would seem so, indeed. Gentlemen, I'm sorry, I've got to take us out. We have another show coming up right, right in behind us. So, um, friends, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. You have been listening to Webcology on Webmaster Radio and the WMR, WMR.FM podcast network. Stick around the network. There is more great content coming up after the news. Stay safe. Frank Well. Be good to your websites and each other, and we will talk to you next week.